absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to episode 21 of Leave the Pin In Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. We are banging out episodes left and right. We did our weekly one last week, episode 20, which was a milestone, and we had to bring back one of the best friends of the pod, Mike Creed, uh, xweb.com tour caddy, now known as the Corn Tour. Mike, that's what we're calling it. I refuse to call it Corn Ferry. We're just going with the Corn Tour because they spell it like the band K-O-R-N. Yeah, it's a shame that the K isn't backwards like corn too. That would be uh, a little bit funnier <laughs> as well, right? Yeah. I think uh, I think every time I post on Instagram, I have to try to find out how to turn the K backwards. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I will say though the the logo is pretty is pretty is pretty spot on. It has like a uh, Calvin Klein kind of look to it. Um, but you know, for for a company to come over and take over the the tour in the middle of the season, you know, hopefully. It's a uh, big advantage to these guys in the future years, you know, with bigger purses and a little more to play for. But it's good to have, you know, a, a business um, like Corn Ferry back in the tour that, you know, is fully committed to it. So that's what these guys out here deserve, um, you know, being able to play for some bigger money and more opportunities. Yeah, I mean, the purses definitely need to get better, especially with the quality of, of golf. And hopefully they can land some more TV contracts. So you guys are just back on TV last week in Utah, the Zion Championships. But real quick question, and this is something I haven't found anywhere. Um, did you guys know like Web.com was going to abandon it? Like, h- how did this come about? Because to like us in the social media world, it was announced on Twitter one day, and they're like, "Yep, we're calling the Corn Ferry now." All of a sudden, and all the you know they're they're like, "Hey, look at these Corn Ferry alumnus." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so back in the second week of Alabama, I believe, um, they had like a, they had the president of the tour. I don't know, not the PGA, but had a meeting with all the players. And I think it was like coming about where Web.com had been bought out and the new owners didn't want to have anything to do with golf. And they basically told the tour, if you guys find a sponsor at any point in the season, we'll happily drop out and you guys can put this, this new brand name on it. And, uh, I heard about this name change, uh, in Springfield, Illinois. So that was about three weeks ago and, um, heard it on the putting green. And, uh, I was like, I was trying to figure out, you know, if it's like spelled, you know, K-O-R-N-F-A-I-R-Y, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, I, I think it was fairly sudden for everyone, but I think guys that are kind of connected to the higher-ups probably caught wind of it, you know, five, six weeks out in advance. But I think it was the last year of the web anyways, so I knew that, you know, for the most part, whether it be, you know, last week when it was announced or at the end of the year that, you know, it was – it was coming at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it, it took everyone else by surprise, not affiliated with the tour and, and professional golf. Uh, I got it on golf works, the forum and, you know, there was like a 10 page thread about it and, you know, people are putting up memes and stuff and just trying to figure out what the deal was. But, 
obviously it was it was to benefit the players, you know, straight away. That like I said, that the company comes in and um, is is backing the players 100 uh, percent from the off, and that's what that's what they deserve. So now, have you guys noticed anything in the day to day comings and goings of caddy? players uh that has changed at all since they took over or is everything kind of status quo as it has been no everything's status quo i mean we get new we got new bibs to wear this this past week in utah you know which were nice uh the um the tournament staff do a great job of washing those things after every round but you know to put on a bib that you know hasn't been worn by x amount of caddies over x amount of years uh it was it was nice to feel something you know fresh and and new but um no, the day-to-day stuff has been the same. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of the of the you know the emblem of the the K and the S. Uh, it's pretty pretty sleek and stylish, uh, but nothing's nothing's changed. Just just apart from the name and in the logo. And has there been any talks at all about maybe bigger purses next year? I mean, maybe the it, do you know anybody? Have you met anybody that works for the company? Like, are they? 100% gung-ho in using golf as a medium to kind of, you know, express their interest to a wider base? Yeah, I would think so, given that the money that they probably put up over, I think that it was a 10-year deal. Uh, I don't know the specifics on the the financials, but uh, to put down that sort of, um, you know, contract over X amount of dollars pretty much shows their commitment to you know, growing the game and improving things that, you know, the past sponsors, even before the, the web, um, you know, could have improved on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I can see it being a positive. I can't see it being a negative sort of, sort of impact on these guys. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so let's kind of get our listeners caught up to where you are. Last we had talked, you were getting ready to uh, caddy on the PGA Tour at the uh, you know the National Open of Canada today being ca- uh, Canada Day, very fitting at the Canadian Open. Um, now you're with Tyson Alexander, and you just caddied for him in Utah, like we just talked about at the Zion uh, Utah Championship, and so he had his two best finishes this year with you on the bag: a T14 at Wichita. And then a T seven, a top ten at the Utah Championship. So you guys are in a little bit of a heater right now, huh? Yeah, I mean he's he's such a solid player. Um, he has, you know, pretty much the whole package. He's got distance. Um, he plays a lovely like three, four, five yard little draw. His short game is phenomenal. Um, he's a great putter. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, it's just it's just kind of fun to watch a guy like this. Um, who um, has loads of talent finally, you know, come out of a show, I guess you could say, um, in back-to-back weeks and uh, maybe get his confidence up a little bit, maybe tell himself that he's able to, to, you know, compete out here. Um, Because really, you know, you kind of always think back the week prior, like, oh, you know, one or two holes were a little different. We, you know, we would have been right up there. And that's been the case for us these last two weeks. Um, so, you know, going forward, we're just going to keep doing the same thing that, that we've been doing. And uh, essentially that's been uh, – I've been reeling state, um, sports trivia off to him. And uh, we're both a big fan of uh, 
the uh, sweet and spicy sunflower seeds. Um, maybe it's some sort of mechanism to distract him, um, but it seems to be working. And, uh, you know, like most people say, you know, don't fix things that, that aren't broken. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, just, uh, super happy for him. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we just keep climbing up the, uh, the points ladder and, and, uh, you know, hopefully get a win here within the next five or six events. Uh, cause he's definitely, definitely capable of winning out on this tour. Yeah. Well, he's certainly trending upwards. Um, now you mentioned he had the whole entire package, uh, obviously, I guess we'd probably consider him a bomber, right? Guys averaging 308 uh, off the tee, which is 25th right now on uh, the Corn Tour. Uh, so he's definitely moving the ball. He's definitely put it out there. Uh, let me ask you this. As, as a caddy that's been around you know, a few different guys, um, when you see him hit off the tee box, I mean, is it, it, it's, I know it's definitely different than some of the other guys that you've been with has that been um obviously not difficult but has that been a, a a big change for you to know his distances and how that differs from people kind of you've worked with in the past yeah for sure and, and knowing that he was a longer guy the first thing i did with my uh, yardage book in wichita was basically just jot down all of his stock yardages with his irons um, and, you know, I'll have those in the back of the book and, you know, Thursday, Friday, uh, you know, we, we get up to, to the ball in the fairway and walk off the yardage and, you know, we've got, you know, 150 front, 170 hole, uh, straight off the bat. He was like, you know, you know, do you like a, do you like an eight iron? Are you, are you, you know, are you good with this? And I would just kind of look at the, the chart I had and, and kind of dictate what the wind's doing and whatnot. And, the greens were that day and and you know basically just kind of you know confirm that or maybe you know talk him down to one more or you know one more club um or one less and um and yeah that was that was basically how you know i kind of got comfortable um with his change in distance uh from previous guys that, that i've you know been around um but, you know, he knows his game well enough, and, um, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, you know, he, he'll go ahead and, and say I'm good with this. And um, the, the relationship so far um, has been awesome. The, the guy has a, a super good attitude. Um, you couldn't tell if he was 8 under par or 8 over par. Um, he's just very even keel. Um, and I think that's what you need um, in order to – really kind of grind out days when it's not going your way to make a cut and then you know just kind of let loose on the weekends well it's funny that you mentioned that you know his demeanor doesn't change and i think you see that in a lot of the top golfers i mean you look at like you know number one in the world now brooks kepka i mean and the dude has got just an ice cold stone stare no matter if he's winning the pga championship or if he's missing the cut um so I think that's the mark of a great player. And I, I just want to mention this. I don't know if you've seen these stats, but obviously I've done a little research going into it, as I should have. Um, but lowest relation under par in a tournament that, he've ma- that he's made the cut in so far this year before you was two under. Okay, that was in mm-hmm. Knoxville in Tennessee. With you on the bag the last two weeks, 11 under par, in Wichita and 11 under par in Utah. 
So you cannot tell me, the people out there that say, well, a caddy's not that important. Yeah, when you're out playing your local club, it's not important. But when you're playing at the level that these guys are, I mean, the proof is in the pudding right there. Double digits under par the last two weeks with a professional caddy on his bag, um, as opposed to the best finish before was two under. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'd like to think, uh, you know, I had some help in that, but obviously, you know, that that Tyson's doing all that on his own. My, I mean, I really haven't changed anything uh, from from guys that I worked for previously. I'm pretty even keeled myself. Um, I don't try to get too high. I don't try to get too low. Um, and I mean, really, if if he happened to hit a bad shot, you know, over the weekend, where we had a couple. He really knows how to turn a, a negative into a positive. And, um, like, for instance, on Saturday we had this par five. He wanted to hit three wood, which I was fine with. He pulled it a little bit into these trees, hit an eight iron as far as he could towards the green. We had 63 yards. And off the tee, you know, again, he didn't really show that much emotion, but I could tell he was a little upset with it. But, we get up to this ball for the third shot with 63 yards into the uh, flag. And, you know, he two hopped it in for Eagle. Um, and, you know, again, I'm just trying to keep him, you know, calm, especially, you know, with how well he's doing, you know, guys start to kind of maybe look at leaderboards and, you know, maybe that can kind of take away from a player's kind of focus. Uh, but for me, I'm just trying to stay as positive um, towards him to get him, you know, in the best possible uh as possible position to, to finish the golf tournament. But, uh, but I'd like to think that, you know, the, the, the stuff that I'm telling him and, and just kind of keeping his mind off of what's going on is, has maybe helped him a little bit, um, compared to, compared to maybe other guys that he's had working for him, um, over the last couple of weeks. Cause for a guy like Tyson, um, you know, he came in this year with limited status and you really can't put a caddy in a position to kind of roll with you. Um, over your four or five starts. Um, but, um, but for me, you know, being in this position, you know, I told him on, uh, on Sunday walking up the uh, 18th fairway, I was like, dude, I, I would caddy for you any, any week you needed me. Um, and again, that just goes to show, you know, the attitude that he has, the game that he has, and just the overall kind of personality is he's just a super, very mellow, uh, nice guy. Um, and even this past weekend, there was a lot of kids out, you know, dads and whatnot. And he was tossing golf balls left and right, uh, when he had the opportunity. So, I mean, that just kind of goes to show, you know, how, how he's been raised and whatnot. His dad, you know, has a very rich history in golf. Um, and so does his grandfather. So, um, you know, you, you can't ask for a better person to work for. That's very cool to hear. I mean, it's just another good guy in golf that you want to root for. Um, you mentioned his dad is actually like the Buddy Alexander, the uh, head coach of Florida Gators, uh, national champs in 93, 2001. And his grandfather, Skip Alexander, uh, won three times on the PGA Tour. So this guy's got a pedigree. And honestly, this dude's probably got every reason in the world you know, to, to, to be a jerk out there and to be self-centered and to hear how awesome he is towards the fans and how respectful, you know, he is to the game and stuff like that's, that's phenomenal. You can tell a hundred percent that he's been raised, um, the right way. 
So give people a little bit of insight, Mike. Where are you guys headed to right now? You're on the road traveling, I know. Uh, Give give us kind of a preview of where our next tour stop is on the Corn Tour and uh, where you and Tyson are going to be teeing it up this week. Yeah, so we're headed up to, uh, I think it's pronounced Clymer, Clymer, New York, uh, for the Peak and Peak uh, Lakeham Lakeham Health uh, Tournament. Um, It's on Peak and Peak Resort. Um, but just to rewind the last 24 hours for you, this is, this is your, this is your caddy, your caddy tour travel right here. So, uh, a couple other caddies that I'm buddies with, we watched the playoff in Utah yesterday and, uh, went out and grabbed some food at about eight, nine o'clock, got back to our Airbnb, did some laundry. Uh, we were up until like midnight. We had a flight out of Denver at 5 a.m., or out of Salt Lake, sorry, at 5 a.m. So we got up at like 2.30 in the morning, dropped the rental off, took a lift to the airport, flew to Denver. I flew from Denver to D.C. and got in at like 2 o'clock. Got to the condo, um, saw the girlfriend, maybe took like an hour nap. I slept on the plane a little bit, and I just left Potomac, Maryland, driving up to New York now. Uh, so I'm feeling okay, but I'm going to be knocked out by the time I get to our Airbnb tonight. Uh, so it's a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, I really haven't had a travel day like this, especially when you can't really drive from city to city right now. It's just a bunch of air travel. Um, but yeah, we're on to New York and, uh, you know, just looking to basically progress off of the, off of the T7 from last week and, and see if we can get a W. Yeah, that would be sweet. Um, I know the road travel is a grind. Uh, you know, I look at the corn tour schedule, like, and it blows my mind, dude. You guys were in Utah. You're going east to New York. Then you're heading back out that way to Colorado <laughs> the week after. Um, like, then it's Nebraska, Missouri, then it's out to California. I mean, uh, I know they've done some crazy things in the past. I realize money dictates it, but... Uh, Man, you guys are road warriors out there. Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like a like a rock star in a way. Uh, but maybe that's one of the things the Corner Ferry guys will, will change in terms of making the logistics of the travel easier, not only for us caddies, but the players as well. Because, you know, I think this is week eight or nine in a row for Tyson. And, you know, if, when we see each other in the morning on the Friday or Saturday, it's, you know, it's, usual question, you know, you know, what'd you do last night? You know, he's like, you know, uh, you know, just, just chilled, you know, cause I mean, you really can't do anything, uh, you know, from the day prior being gassed out there. And then, you know, the, the Monday, Sunday travel a couple of days prior to that. Um, and I know it's a grind on those guys. Um, cause I mean, you know, we're, we're pumping it with the bag, but you know, these guys are hitting X amount of golf shots a day and practicing after. So, uh, maybe that's one of the things that'll change with, with the new sponsors and make it a little easier to travel. Because um, then there's even some guys that um, are trekking it from, from Utah to New York by car. And it's just like, you know, you're basically fighting the clock to, to get there by, you know, Tuesday morning at the latest. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy. But again, uh, like Dan and I said uh, to you in Savannah, it's all about the opportunities and, um, and I'm happy to, to be where we are now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and those opportunities look like they're coming your way, my man. Now, do you know um, next week's schedule ahead, 
two weeks from now? I mean, do you know what ones you're going to be at, or is it kind of on a week-by-week basis, depending on how he plays, et cetera, et cetera? Well, <laughs> starting for a new guy, uh, like I did with Tyson in the first event, you know, you really don't know what they're, what they're feeling and whatnot, you know, even through Saturday. So I was out at dinner, and uh, I sent Tyson a text, and I was like, hey, man, you know, uh, I've really enjoyed it these first three days with you, and I'm there for you next week in Utah. And I went ahead and, and booked a $500 plane ticket uh, to get myself out there because um, I knew we were in a good position. Um, he needed a top 25 to get into Utah, um, so I was really happy we got that done. Um, but after New York, right now he is a few guys out of the Colorado event, so he needs the top 25 um, this week because these two past weeks don't count towards his reshuffle until after Colorado. So he's good for Omaha, Missouri, California, and Oregon. Um so, you know, I'd like to get, again, a solid finish for us because I've heard that this course out in Colorado is pretty much a bomber's paradise, uh, kind of wide open. So, again, a golf course that I know he'll, uh, he'll definitely suit his game for. Um, but uh, I've basically booked all my stuff uh, through Oregon. Um, and then, you know, as the weeks go on, uh, you know, I'll book a plane ticket uh you know, to the first uh, playoff spot. Um, but, uh, but no, I'm just going just gonna to keep rolling with Tyson and, and uh, see, see what we can do. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I can't even tell you how happy I am. I mean, when I got the text from you and you let me know and then I see literally the next week, like, you're tied for first going into the weekend, you know, I was, I was pumped uh, beyond, you know – getting any good stories or content or whatever, like just for you personally, I was just so psyched because I know how hard you've been grinding. And I think, I think that's what people miss um, a lot of when they see some of these caddies that are with the pros. And uh, like I've been talking with Kenny Harms on, uh, on Instagram, you know, direct message a little bit and Kevin Nas caddy. You know, guy lives in a, a gorgeous $3 million home that he's selling, just got a car from Kevin Na, but you don't understand the the 25 years prior to that that led to where he is now you know so to hear from you out there every week grinding and uh like you said like you know your own money $500 plane ticket to to Utah like no one's covering that but you uh it's a part of the tour that i think people just don't have any idea of yeah cuz i mean really like most of the volunteers that we interact with you know, in practice rounds and whatnot, or if I'm walking the golf in the morning and people kind of see me with my yardage book and got notes down, you know, they'll ask me, oh, who are you working for? And typically the first thing they ask after that is like, oh, like, how do you get paid? You know, or, you know, who pays for your travel expense? And, uh, you know, they're kind of shocked to see like, oh, like your player doesn't do that for you. I was like, no, nah. I mean, you know, that's, that's what he's paying me a base pay for. And essentially, you know, if you make the weekend and have a good finish, it's, you know, that's your bonus. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it catches people by surprise, but again, you know, here I am in year one and, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm in the same position where my player is giving me a nice, you know, a nice car for, for winning a tournament and, and whatnot. And, you know, the next couple of years, um, hopefully it's with Tyson. Um, and, uh, 
and yeah, you know, that's just, again, it's all about taking the risks and take advantage of the uh, opportunities that are out here. Um, and again, in this case, it's the right place at the right time because, you know, I needed a bag for Wichita. Tyson needed a guy. So, you know, it's just everything kind of happens for a reason. And, um, and I'm glad it's worked out the way it has. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when I was down in Savannah with you guys, like I was getting asked by people, you know, when they saw the media credentials and stuff like that, they're like, oh, who, you know, who you know out here, blah, blah. And I talked to them and they're like, oh, wow, man, they must get paid really well. I'm like, you know, uh, the dude they're working for has made like 28 grand this year. You know, <laughs> like you could make that much money, uh, you, you know, working at Walmart. part part time i mean it's it's not a knock on these guys but it's i mean it's it's the the truth out there um they deserve a ton more believe me you know i know what they go through and i am a hundred percent on board for you know the corn tour getting paid double triple quadruple of what it is but i think people have this overinflated um idea of how much these guys are making like they're not brooks kepker they're not dj they're not ricky with the sponsorship like they're grinding just as hard to get to that level and like you said it's it's about opportunity you got guys that are making 35 45 grand a year and spending half of that just on travel alone yeah and exactly i mean like like with savannah you know there's guys out here caddying that will take a loss on the year and it's probably the same thing for some of the players, too, um, especially since, you know, they're not really driving from city to city. They're flying everywhere. Uh, they're not necessarily taking advantage of the host housing and maybe getting hotels for a bit of privacy. Um, so, again, I mean, that goes back to hopefully the, the Corn Ferry, uh, you know, company can improve, you know, the money out here um, and just kind of find ways to – get a little bit closer to that PGA type caliber, um, environment. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not all glitz and glamor and, uh, and yeah, you know, you just, just got to take risks and hopefully it pays off. All right. You just, uh, I think it's a great segue. You talked about kind of the glitz and glamor and the PGA tour style. Um, you caddied at the Canadian open. Can you kind of give us an idea of what it's like heading on the PGA Tour as opposed to the Corn Tour right now? Yeah, so um, I kind of knew what to expect given that the first tournament I did last year was at the home club I worked at for the Quicken Loans. So I knew the food was going to be a little bit better. Um, you know, the um, just obviously the crowd size, um, but Levelware, uh, which is a great golf company, clothing company out of Canada, um, hooked us up uh, with a polo, a hat, a pullover uh, for the week. And then Footjoy gave us some kind of limited edition uh, Canadian-themed, um, you know, walking around shoes um, for just, just as a caddy gift. And uh, Levelware also sponsored the Caddy Lounge, which included, you know, free haircuts and massages and, pool table or a ping pong table, dartboard, TVs. And, you know, this was all just set up outside the, uh, the food tent. Um, so it was just nice to kind of just sit down in a comfy couch and watch guys chip and putt um, in the mornings and whatnot. Um, obviously, like I said, the food was a little better, um, but not to knock the, 
the people out on the web or the corn ferry tour, sorry. Um, like there's, there's some awesome events that, that I will look forward to if I'm back out here next year where you can anticipate the food being top notch, uh, credit to the people in Utah and all the volunteers, you know, you get breakfast, uh, eggs, hash browns, bacon, uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches for lunch. So, I mean, they did a great job and, um, but yeah, the, obviously the biggest difference between the corn fairy tour and the PGA is the crowd size. Um, you know, I was, I was with a Canadian player, um, and, uh, on a couple of tea, tea boxes, we had guys from the bleachers, you know, pumping them up and whatnot, which was awesome to hear. Um, but even just seeing people out on practice rounds, you know, on a Monday, Tuesday, I mean, that's very rare for, for what I've been around. Um, but, uh, didn't really change anything about me. Um, I wasn't really nervous. It was just another, another, you know, just another tournament out there. Uh, but it was kind of cool to, you know, walk down the range and see Bubba and DJ and Rory, you know, hitting balls and, you know, hearing the roars on the, uh, on the course. Um, I think Snedeker shot like a 60 on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, I mean, everyone was going off, uh, on that back nine for him. Uh, and we could hear that all over the golf course. And, um, that golf course, Hamilton Golf and Country Club was pure, uh, the rough was brutally thick, you know, four inches. We don't really see much of that on the uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, but uh, yeah, it was just a it was just a great experience, and and I picked the right week to, to be up there, given uh, all the extras that were included uh, to me that week. Yeah, it's very cool. What's the uh, what's the dumbest thing you heard from uh, from someone in the crowd? Oh man, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of stupid things people yell. Yeah, well. I'll, I'll, I'll say this is the dumbest and probably the most like kind of jerk thing uh, that I've heard. And it actually happened at the Canadian open. Uh, we were playing with Joey Garber and uh, I think it was Friday. We were on like the 15th green. There's a little stand behind it. And he has like a four footer for birdie. And uh, this guy who's probably been drinking all afternoon, just stands up and yells like don't miss it as loud as he can uh at uh, at joey and um his caddy just stared him down the whole time it was funny to watch but you know he made the putt um so you know that's that's pretty much the dumbest thing that i've heard since since i've uh since i've been out and uh, i mean obviously can't really control people who have been drinking all day uh but you'd think that you know that wouldn't happen, but luckily it's been the only kind of kind of instance where something stupid like that has happened. Now, um, to move a little bit further ahead in the future, now once the Corn Ferry Championships go off, uh, last tournament of the year, you know, and hopefully Tyson gets in that, and you're with him and doing all that stuff. <clears throat> um, let people kind of know what what your plans are once. Um, What's that? End of August, early September for the tour yeah, championship, yeah, right? We'll, yep. Uh, well, hopefully, you know, Tyson and I are, or Tyson's standing on that 18th green, you know, with his tour card. And, um, you know, hopefully we can jump straight into the PGA, you know, in the wraparound. Um, but if that doesn't happen, um, I'll uh, make my way back to Washington, D.C. and, and uh, you know, club caddy some uh, through September and October. Um, it kind of starts to mellow down a little bit in the middle of November. 
Um, but, you know, seeing what happens towards the end of the season for me, um, I think my plan would be to go out to Arizona the first week of December and uh, do Q school um, if, if the opportunity arises. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of hang out uh, after that for most of December and and if I'm on the uh, if I'm on the Corn Ferry Tour, head down to the Bahamas again. And um, if I'm on the the PGA Tour, then you know we'd be you know down in Sanderson's and then out to Napa and you know um, and and traveling basically you know straight away after uh, after the end of September. Um, but we'll see what happens. But you know, hopefully, um, hopefully whoever I'm working for, you know, has some success towards the end of the year and. Um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll just continue to be out on, uh, on one of these tours, just trying to live the dream and, and, uh, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that I'm getting. I know you are a big golfer. You know, I know you love to play and stuff. Um, how much have I you haven't been... played those. I haven't played those since April 1st, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was going to ask, dude. Like, man, that's a long time. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you know, I'm used to playing five or six days a week. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, some weeks, uh, nearby courses will let the caddies come out and play. Um, but for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out on the golf course Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, as long as I can, you know, just going through the book and making sure that I'm over prepared and, and, um, and really you don't, you don't really have any time Thursday through, through Sunday, uh, to take advantage of, uh, of some good golf courses, um, I know back in Wichita, Tyson and like seven other players on Wednesday went up and played uh, Prairie Dunes, which is supposed to be, you know, world-class, uh, world-class golf. And, um, you know, they, they got out there for nothing, which is awesome. But uh, I haven't really taken advantage of, you know, being around where I've been and, and getting out and playing. Uh, I left the golf clubs at home just so that I could have you know, some extra trunk space if needed. Um, but hopefully maybe in Denver, get out and play somewhere around there because uh, just looking at the backdrop in Utah with all the mountains uh, was just awesome. And I can imagine, you know, just what kind of good golf is out in that particular part of, uh, of the U.S. Uh, but, yeah, it, it kind of sucks not to be able to play all that much. But if I'm uh, if I'm back club caddying, you know, September, October, I'll, I'll – I'll pretty much be playing every day. So, you know, hopefully the game is still a little sharp, but, you know, I'm sure uh, a handful of hours on the driving range will probably be needed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if, if I get a chance down the road one of these weeks, I'll, I'll hopefully take advantage of uh, a day or two where I can get out and, and uh, hit some shots. No doubt. Um, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot here before we get you out of here. On yesterday's podcast, we did a whole segment on the worst shot you've ever hit on the golf course. Um, I told my story of the first collegiate tournament I ever played in. I literally ducked hook one right into all the other awaiting players that were like 30 yards off waiting in carts to tee off and had them scattering from carts, you know? Um, so I'm going to ask you a two-part question because you've seen a lot more pro golf than me. You don't have to tell me the name of the person, but first, let me know what your your 
worst golf shot that you've ever hit was, and then what's the worst shot that you've seen while you've been out caddying on the Pro Tours? Uh, worst shot that I've ever hit. I don't hit too many bad shots, there, <laughs> even though I don't practice all that much. Um, but it's been so long. It's been so long. God, I got to go back until like last year, the year before, probably. Um, God, so I was, uh, yeah, one of the, yeah, so first tee shot, I was playing in the Washington Metro Mid Am, uh, first hole. Um, obviously a little nervous. Well, adrenaline's pumping, and um, I think I took out my two iron just to get it down the fairway, and I dead shanked this thing straight left since I'm a lefty, um, hit it 50 yards left into this road uh, since it was like a neighborhood golf course, straight OB, um, and uh, obviously had to hit another one, and uh, took the same club, and the same exact thing happened. So, so Dude, I hit what, another one. What is it about? What is it about opening tee shots in tournaments that literally makes your brain go haywire? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of overthinking it. It's got to um, be. It's nuts. It, yeah, but I took out an eight iron and hit it down the middle, and uh, I think I made like a nine. Um, and uh, I didn't walk off though, which you know most guys might do. And uh, since you're right near the clubhouse in a nothing tournament, you know? Um, but yeah, those are the, those are probably the two worst shots that I can remember. Um, and out on the pro, out on the pro tour, uh, Oh man, uh, worst shot I've seen. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, Dan. I mean, these guys are good. You don't really see that many bad shots. Well, you know, uh, here, here's an example I gave last night because we we tried thinking about like worst shots that pros have ever hit the the biggest one that comes to my mind is when dj's leading the open championship and he hits one ob you know with with an mm-hmm. iron that year but uh you know i i told scott i said i said if you go on youtube like ian poulter shanks ian poulter oh. <laughs> dude ian poulter hits like four to five i'm talking like dead duck right shanks a year like it's insane how often he does it uh, to the point where, like, he, even he's made fun of it. And, like, there's a the guy who finishes top 50 on the PGA Tour money list every single year. He's got, a, you know, a garage full of Porsches and Ferraris and you, you, you name it, and he's got it. Um, right, so, and I think I've watched that same YouTube video quite a bit, especially the compilation of other shakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think one of the first ones comes up. I won't name the, name the player's name, but this was probably – seven, eight years ago, they're playing in the desert and this guy's in the middle of fairway, probably an eight iron and just dead shanks it right. And, um, shanks it onto the next tee box. I think now the video doesn't really go into what this player did after that. Um, but again, I mean, if you're in the middle of a fairway as a professional golfer with, you know, a nine or eight iron, you're pretty much banging on hitting that, green 99% of the time within 10, 12 feet. Uh, so obviously that wasn't a great moment for, for this particular player. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the golf shank uh, compilations on YouTube are pretty good. But see, uh, but see, it, it, at, at, it shows at looking for something to watch. Yeah, that's true. But it shows how good of a player he is that even when he hits the worst shot ever, it's still on a perfect line. The next tee box. 
Yeah, right, exactly. that's good planning right there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he had a better angle into the flag, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, way he planned it. But yeah, again, I mean, these guys are just so good. You really don't see, uh, you really don't see that uh, that bad, those bad shots that often. Uh, I mean, you hope you don't either, because another thing that I notice a lot too is a lot of these guys out here uh, definitely kind of root each other on, you know, especially uh, you know on the putting surface. You know, when guys are having great days or they're struggling, you know. I've heard guys that I've worked for just kind of rooting on the ball, the golf ball for uh, for the guy they're playing with, which is you know good to see. Um, and I, again, that's something that most people probably don't get to hear or, or know about. Um, and even though these guys are competing for you know PGA Tour status and money and all this other stuff, you know it's it's still kind of a I guess you can call it a brotherhood where you know guys uh, guys get on with each other and want the best uh, best for each other because. Uh, I mean, really, the player that Tyson and I played with on Sunday in Utah um, had a great day too. And you know, we were in the locker room afterwards, and he was like, "Man, it was good to good to be paired up with someone who who played so well because it pretty much kind of spurred him on too." Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, that's another thing people people don't get to hear hear that much about. Yeah, no, that's that's very very cool. That's some of that inside the ropes access that obviously only you have kind of firsthand knowledge of. You know, that people don't get to to see or hear whether you're watching it on TV or even when you're at an event. You know, I I know you can get close at at events, but um, you know, everything's always roped off, and you're not inside with with the guy. So that's awesome, and and of course we always appreciate having you on and and hearing about it. Um, all right, so just to recap for people, so this week we're upstate New York, right? The Peak and Peak uh, Classic Championship. What are they calling it? Yeah, I think it's sponsored by uh, Lakeum, L-E-C-O-M. It's like a health company. Okay. Uh, I, I think they did one down in uh, Sarasota, too. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, just hoping for another good week. And uh, like I said, we're driving up there right now. Uh, going to get to the golf course at about 7.30 tomorrow and walk at least the front nine before the pro-am starts and see the rest of it after and you know again just another week different golf course but doing the same thing you know yeah and just so people know uh you know we're recording with mike now on monday this is monday evening so he's not going to get up there till late so it's early tuesday that he'll see the course for the first time um we'll probably release this on wednesday uh, only because we just, you know, released our other one uh, this morning, so we don't want to inundate people with with too much great content, even though it is, as I said, great. Mike, again, man, I cannot thank you enough. We love having you check in, and you know, I know for a fact from people DMing me and stuff that you've got, you know, some more fans out there just from coming on the show, and hopefully we can get some people rooting for Tyson this week. Uh, upstate New York, and honestly, if I was if I was home, man, back in PA, that's a trip I would uh, I would definitely make. I told Dan that too, you know, because he said, "Hey, are there any that you can make it to?" And uh, you know, unfortunately, with me being down south for the summer, just doesn't doesn't work out with the schedule that you guys have right now. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a shame because obviously, again, it's 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 great for uh, it's great for us to be on here. We love coming on here and kind of kind of throwing it all out there with what we've uh with what we've been doing and experiencing and and again hopefully uh hopefully all the people listening uh, enjoy it as well and you know we'll have plenty more content uh coming up in the next couple of weeks 
um, and hopefully some some good stories and some good finishes to be talking about too. Yeah, no doubt. So everyone catch them on TV this week. Uh, this is the the part of the year where the Corn Tour um, is going to have that television coverage. Um, they kind of get it at the beginning of the year. It dies out in the middle. But now as they ramp up for the Tour Championship, you're going to start to see them on TV. And if you can't follow on the PGA app, uh, PGA Tour app on iTunes, you can get all the Corn Ferry status updates as well. Look for Tyson Alexander, my boy Mike Creed out there, uh, tearing it up once again, hoping for a high finish this week. Mike, thank you so much, my man. Thank you, Dan. All right, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying.